We're not going to talk about how old I am. Fine, thank you. It's just a birthday and that's it. Uh huh. Nothing else needs to be said. In other words, you turned 30. Shh. We're recording now. Shh. (laughs) Fact Katie is short. Asshole. That's rude. Fact Katie is short tempered. (laughs) That's accurate. Okay. And I'm not that short as far as height goes. Okay. I am average height for. A person I am exactly like no, Ashley's rhetoric. No, no. <laughs> Ashley, they're picking on me. I know. We are average height for Thank females. You. And you heard it from States. a medical professional, guys. We're going we're going to take a poll from our listeners to see what an average height would be for a white girl. For a white girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate all of you so much I- sometimes. Fact, Katie lives with Angela. Yes. Oh, there we go. Fact, Katie has also GM'd before. Ooh, yeah, that's a good I didn't one. consider bringing that up. Minus- She's great at creating names that Waba can't say or spell. <laughs> it was one time. Wait. A lot of times. Yes. No, once. He could, What's your current name? He couldn't do Divanya Ke- Ke- every now Karen. and then either. Kiraya? You have never had issues pronouncing Kara's Ke- name Ke- until now because you're being an asshole. <laughs> As his girlfriend, I can confirm. Yeah, see, what? He's, he's probably got that look on his face, like, hee I know, I can't see him right now. It's so weird. Oh, I kind of want to start recording this over, like, Twitch or Skype just so we can see each other's Wait, faces. Wait, my parents just got home. My, my parents just got home. They, they told me they have something for me, so BRB. Aww. Is it food? It better be Chinese food. <laughs> Guys, speaking of food, I tried Bojangles for the very first time today. Am I supposed to know what that is? It's, it's a chicken oh, restaurant that, uh, if you know Good Mythical Morning, Rhett and Link always talk about how good it is. So me and my sister were driving, and we saw it. Um, we it's also like a real were, place. Yeah, it's so good. Never and we also, it. like, it. it's good. And then we actually recorded, like, a little video of us for Good Mythical Morning. Like, you know, now it's time for the Wheel of Mythicality. And we submitted it today. So I'm like, oh, maybe we'll be on it. Who knows? Probably That's not, cute. but it was fun. It was really cute. We had a lot of fun. We were like, like, she was like, I'm Megan, I'm Ashley, and we drove over 500 miles to try Bojangles. I am so excited for this, by the way, guys. You have no idea. I started rereading it for the first time again today since I started reading this adventure in, like, I don't know, the summer. And, oh, it's so flavorful. There's so much exciting exciting things about to come guys, down the pipe. Guys, I think he's a little excited. You Just have tiny no bit. idea. I have an idea. I, I'm Egyptian. This is an Egyptian-themed adventure. How can I not be excited? <laughs> I mean, they mentioned Shaptis. They mentioned, like, the, 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 the Canopy jars. The, the, you, Can- you have Canopic. The, don't you dare it's correct me in front of my fans. Don't ever disrespect me like that again. <laughs> I know what those jars are because of a video game. Do you want to know I, what video game? I thought you were about to say you know them because that was like a major plot point for your character in Tyrant's Grasp. You know, Arasne's Canopic jars? No. That, that was not what I was <laughs> Wow! That was not what I was going towards. No, not at all. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is uh, it's called, um, I think it's just called The Sphinx or something like that. What is that? Something Sphinx. It's an older game. It was out on like PS2 or something like that. There was a, there was a time period where a lot of things just enjoyed doing like ancient Egyptian. Oh, it's like, called Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy. Yep, that That's like out. the Nancy Drew game <laughs> I play, which is uh, Nancy Drew and the Curse of the Lost Tomb. Yeah, you go back and forth between two characters, Sphinx and a Cursed Mummy. But the character's name is a Cursed Mummy? Well, no, that's not his name. That's what he is. This sounds oh, like a game actually... that would have been up my alley. Yeah, like Wait, so... he was alive and then he basically got this curse put on him and all like parts of his soul got put into these canopic, however you pronounce it, canopic? jars. Canopic, yeah. So canopic? now part of the story is canopic. one, you're trying to prevent this guy from, you know, destroying the world. And two, you have to recover these jars to get the pieces of his soul back so he can... uh be you know alive again because right now he is a mummy well that checks out and are you my plot mommy? twist the one that the blunt yeah, the one that did it the to same him thing. was his own brother Whoa. spoilers 
it is a really okay. Let's see how old. Okay, hey, spoilers for like a twenty-plus-year-old game. <laughs> hey, Alyssa, are you my mommy? I don't want nightmares tonight. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going. To, I'm predicting right now that we're going to have that joke referenced throughout this adventure at least every other session. Probably. Probably. <laughs> That's being concerned. Probably because of you. <laughs> She's the one who started it. No, Alyssa started it. You both started Doctor it. Doctor Who started I meant who it. Oh, come on. I don't care who started it, but I'm finishing it. Yeah, Doctor <laughs> Who. Doctor Who, the best doctor. Well, the second best doctor. I'll well, say, watch which Doctor Who is the best doctor? I really, really love, um, what's his name? Christopher Eccleston. I, he's, he's not my favorite, fantastic. but he's, he's so underrated. Yeah, he is, he a is very really underrated. underrated. Second favorite. He's my second favorite, but of course, David I have Tennant. to stick with David Tennant. Oh, yeah! That's the most generic answer. Everyone said David Tennant. <laughs> Only David I mean, Tennant with he's Donna. So Only David Tennant with Donna. Don't worry, David Tennant and Donna are coming back. Wait, are they really? Yeah, you haven't seen anything about that? No. The new doctor is David Tennant. What? He's coming back? Yes. You guys didn't know that? No, I haven't seen since they took it off Netflix. The, oh, yeah, no, I mean, he... it's for like the next special, oh, but like okay. it's like okay. Jody Whitaker turns into David Tennant, and he he literally says, "Wait a second, I know these teeth," and he's it's like, oh, oh yeah, I've seen no, like a, like a, a huge, it's a huge thing that just made my like, nerd Donna, heart really Donna really happy. To be coming back too. Yeah, I don't oh, know to what extent because like the whole thing about if she remembers, then like her head explodes. Right. So, like I don't oh, know what no. they're gonna do with that. Oh but... my gosh, oh, no. intense! And and Andrew, we have HBO now, so we can watch him. Remember, Should we were right. literally watching it the other day. Oh my gosh, this is so nerdy. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, okay I haven't but... seen any of the new one. Has there ever been a Doctor Who like Egyptian episode where they go back to like ancient Egypt themed stuff? Because I know they go back to Rome. Uh, I know Classic Who has some. Like there was oh, one that was Cleopatra. Um, yes. I don't remember. I know there was the episode with um, the town that gets covered in ash. Can't Pompeii. think of the name. Yes, Pompeii. Because that's where um, we first see Peter Capaldi. Yeah, and then he comes back and nobody addresses it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he does address it. He does. He does? Yeah. There's the episode where he's, where he's like, I know why I chose this face. And it's a flashback to Tenet and talking to Donna. And Donna's basically like, you can't save all of them, but you can save one. And then Peter Cabaldi's like, that's what I do. I save what I can. Whew. Well, speaking of Doctor Who... Are you, who's ready <laughs> oh to get God. started? Seriously? <laughs> That's how I'm starting it. <laughs> Whose line is it anyways? <laughs> you guys were talking about Doctor Who. I'm saying who wants to get started? That's You're right. good. Yes, Doctor. I'm ready. I'm ready. Thank you. <sighs> <laughs> I got you. Blackout. Our story begins many, many years ago on the fertile shorelines where the Crook and Asp Rivers meet. A humble village watches over these desert dunes and the gently flowing river reeds at its confluence where the Sphinx River is born. The village slowly awoke as it had for the last 4,000 years. The sun rises lazily over the golden horizon, casting a soft orange glow over the morning sky and the white brick houses of the quiet city. The babbling river washes over a herd of yawning hippos grazing peacefully. A flock of craning herons gather not very far from them further down the river, separated by some river lilies, evidently hunting for some fresh fish. A few of them look up suddenly as they scatter in a flurry of feathers and squawks as a ship's bow cuts through the water and fills our view with its bright red wooden hull. It's made from local Osiriani wood and carved with the finest craftsmanship from this long-ago time period. On the boat are two men, dark tanned by the desert sun, with short ponytails on the sides of their otherwise bald heads. By the grace of Sobek, we have a blessed morning today. Efnut, the older of the two brothers, says while breathing in the brisk morning air, 
He pulls hard on a rope and angles uh, the, bro the boat's sail against the wind, steering them deeper into the Sphinx River, and begins to tie the rope onto the side of the boat, securing it in place. Satisfied with his knot, he leans against the side of the boat, relaxing slightly, and turns to his brother. He can't help but notice, but his younger brother seems tense, as if he's worried about something, and watches him busy at work, checking on the fishing nets over the side of the boat. So, tell me, brother... When do you plan on proposing? The question clearly catches Contar by surprise, and he blushes a bright red as he stumbles for the netting. Propose? What? Who? Me? Did our mother tell you? <laughs> no, no. Mother didn't tell me. I know you, brother. You can't hide things from me. Though now I'm a little hurt. You told mother before me? New jokes playfully jabbing his younger brother in his shoulder. They share a laugh as Kantar tries to resist his older brother. After a moment, Kantar replies, Hey, brother, can I ask you something? Camilla, what if she says no? Say no? Never. Look at yourself, brother. Horus himself would be jealous next to you. You radiate with the light of Ra and the wisdom of Osiris. Jamila would be a fool not to marry you think you don't think she's been acting a bit strangely lately then is that why you've been so nervous brother she probably expects you to propose yesterday relax she's probably just excited and trying to pretend she doesn't expect anything i'm sure you have nothing to worry about tefnut says all this trying to encourage his brother but he can tell that it's clearly not working he frowns in thought for a moment, deciding how best to help, and the two brothers work in silence for a few minutes as they gather their fish sailing down the river. With a start, an idea comes to Tefnut, and he leaps excitedly towards Kantar. Hey, show me the ring. What? Your engagement ring. Come on, I have an idea. Reluctantly, Kantar reaches into his waistband and pulls out a modest-looking brass ring, unable to afford anything more precious like the true gold that he wishes he could have bought. Careful with it, okay? That cost me more than two months' salary. Trust me, brother. Here, watch. Tefnut holds the ring out in the palm of his hand, with his other hand above it, moving in very complex motions as if casting a spell on it. By the power of Hathor, Shaylin, Sarenrae, and Desna, from the mothers of love, goddesses of beauty, art, and marriage, bless this man's desire to celebrate in your creation and honor you in marriage. And, uh, may Jamila say yes when he asks the question. There, see. Now your ring is blessed by every goddess of love I can think of. Come on, there's no way that actually worked. Was that even a real prayer? It sounds like you just made that up on the spot. Oh, it's real alright. You'll see. Now tell me how you plan on proposing to her. Many hours later... As the sun is dying in the west, Kantar approaches a modest Osiriani home, made up of mostly clay brick and mortar. The houses are designed to keep cool in the day and warm at night, and this open-air design helps facilitate this. Kantar is dressed up in his fanciest linens and wearing a nice wig to try and look his best for his beloved. He takes several nervous breaths and hesitantly looks over his shoulder to his brother's hiding spot only a few feet away. Tefnut gives his brother an encouraging thumbs up and mouths the words, You can do it! before motioning him onward towards the house. Kantar opens the front gate, strains himself out again, and approaches the door. He knocks on the door nervously and takes a step back as he straightens out his wig again. After about a minute of silence, he knocks again, and again there is no answer. He hears a scream coming from the Wati streets just behind him, and he looks over his shoulders towards Tefnut's hiding spot but his brother isn't there. Frowning slightly at the lack of support, he turns to his girlfriend's house and calls out for her. The quiet does little to calm him down and ignites his already heightened nerves into overdrive. Hefnet? He calls out behind him, but his brother is nowhere to be seen. Panic begins to set in as he calls out into the house before him. Jamila! Jamila, are you there? Please, open the door! Still, there is no response. Kantar leans up against the door to the house, trying to hear anything or anyone inside. While it's hard to hear, he thinks he can hear a strange gurgling sound. 
He doesn't know what it is, but cautiously, the young bachelor finds a nearby window and climbs up into the opening into the house. Everything is dark. This is unusual at this time of the early evening, where Wati people would usually begin lighting a few lamps throughout the common rooms. Camilla, are you here? Where are you? The younger brother asks nervously, almost in a whisper. He slowly starts walking through the halls of the house, following the sounds which may have actually been choking. Or was it coughing? What was that sound? Where is it coming from? Louder and louder the sound became as he moved through the house. He was getting closer. His heart began to beat faster and louder as it thumped in his ears. He began to shake from the adrenaline as sweat began to beat up against his lips and his forehead. He could feel his heart in his throat. He tried to slow down his breathing so that he couldn't be heard and leaned up against the wall just around the corner from where he thinks the sound was coming from. Slowly, inch by inch, he leans forward to see the source of the sound, only to nearly scream from shock. Aunt! Oh no, what happened to you? The young man exclaimed in a panic and ran over to help his future mother-in-law. She lay there in a pool of her own blood, a slash across her neck. She was choking on her own blood and unable to breathe properly. He tries to clean the blood with his shirt, but it's only a futile effort. There's too much blood. He's shaking violently and struggling to say something, but fear and panic is, is overwhelming his brain. Splurts of blood from uh, splattered across Kantar's face as she tries to raise a trembling hand. She's shaking violently, but he slowly realizes that she's pointing behind him and his heart sinks. His eyes, the size of dinner plates, slowly, terrified, he turns his head. And behind him was standing his love, Jamila. Kantar, wanting to scream, he wanted to run, he didn't understand what was going on. Her eyes, they, they weren't right, they were yellow with glowing red irises. Her lips were white and cracked and dripping with blood. Another scream cut through the night, much closer this time, perhaps the neighbor's house. Jamila? My river lily, don't you recognize me? What, what's happened to you? He gasped in an almost inaudible whisper, fighting back tears and uncontrollable fear. But it didn't seem to matter. With a screech and unholy speed, the creature that used to be Jamila leapt from the shadows and lunged at her former lover. A flash of the blade and Kantar screams out into the night as the camera zooms out past the house, joining the chorus of other terrified Wati citizens. The plague of madness had descended on the city of Wati. Damn. Good job, Wabba. Everyone warmed up. <laughs> Wait, is this a is this it's a so horror story? <laughs> this is a horror story. I mean, it is mummy, I mean, right? Yeah, but I don't really think mummies are that scary. That's intense. nervous laughter across. And the Stiller street. is not here, so. <laughs> so, for context, about two thousand years ago, Wati succumbed to a plague of madness. Whatever this plague was, it destroyed half the city. Half the citizens of Wati were killed in a like a mindless murder spree. This was um, later discovered to have been created by a cult of Lamashtu worshippers in the town, and eventually the Temple of Phrasma had to like basically quarantine away half the city. Um, it took thousands of years, but eventually Wati has now grown, and it is now basically much bigger than what the necropolis uh, signifies. But the necropolis now stands as basically a memorial to this long-ago plague of madness that has once uh, plagued the city. <laughs> this plague that plagued. <laughs> <laughs> this plague that plagued. I'm a writer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, does that set the tone? Guys, let I me mean, know. I can, I, can, yes. I can do another one. I, I, I didn't realize it was going to start out Dark. so dramatic and, and horror oh, story. I, and yeah, I thought stuff. we were going to open up on like a little sunny scene as we're walking down the streets. Of we did. We did open with a sunny scene. There, it was a nice, beautiful morning, right? I, I talked about the lazy, yawning hippos. No, I meant right? like when we of, come of in, it'd be happy. And oh, sunshine. yeah, yeah. Well, if you guys want to introduce yourselves, uh, we can jump into that real quick. <laughs> oh. I do want to say, right. Waba, Waba. Yeah. Great. Good job. Good yes. job. Yeah. He did Thank a good you. job, didn't he? Oh gosh, that's so dark. And now we're like, okay, well, this is us. Um, <laughs> sorry for the. Well, darkness. let me let me bring the mood back up a little bit more. Okay, I want to introduce myself and the rest of my wonderful enthralled players. 
My name is Andrew Waba, and I will be your host and GM for our duration of this adventure, The Mummy's Mask, as written by Paizo, presented by The Mithril Tabletop. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look at so you, it's myself. like you're a natural. I'm, uh, yeah, I've been practicing all day, don't let this fool you. <laughs> <laughs> so... I used to teach high school and uh, like around the, I used to teach high school science, I should say. Around the same time that I started uh, teaching, around 2016, 2017, a good friend of mine, Cal, uh, introduced me to this little known game called Pathfinder. And the second I picked up my first character sheet, a sorcerer, I was immediately hooked. I was obsessed with the game and <laughs> I still am. Go figure. Yes. Um, I'm obsessed with Pathfinder? <laughs> Ah, shocking no one uh i now know more than i should and play more than i should and you know what i'm okay with that <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, share with the class how many times a week do you play pathfinder i don't want to answer that no, don't play i, that I think you should answer i play the exact same number <laughs> so i'm currently in a DD 5e game on tuesdays which will eventually transition back to our uh abomination vaults game which is on hiatus i am gming for this mummy's mask game uh i will uh i'm gming a pathfinder second edition remake of doomsday dawn which is technically not pathfinder second edition it was for the pathfinder playtest but whatever and then immediately after that the same day on sundays we also play in a two uh second edition remake of curse of crimson throne <laughs> so i play in a lot of games <laughs> yes, yes you do i've played through all of tyrant's grasp i've played through the first half of of the ruins of aslan and we will eventually get back to that right and yes. uh yeah eventually <laughs> five years I've read through and want to eventually run Extinction Curse. I've read through and want to eventually run Reign of Winter. I've read through it. Do you see a pattern? <laughs> that list is never going to end, Waba. Oh, man. No, I, I love this game. And I want to share some of that love with all of you guys as well. Um, I'm now no longer a teacher, but a lot of those teaching skills I found have really helped me as a GM. And I'm currently now a software developer. And with all that extra free time from not teaching, I am able to create this game. <laughs> So, without further ado, allow me to introduce you some of my players. Let's start off with the the person who's been talking the most so far, Katie. Why don't you Damn introduce it. yourself to us? I knew I should have <laughs> shut my mouth. Okay, no, 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 fine. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I I don't. I don't. I really, really don't. It's All okay. right. Well, well, I'm Katie, as Waba so introduced me, and um. I don't really have a lot of fun facts about myself, but um, I play in all the games that Waba just mentioned. <laughs> so we're playing in this game on Friday. Um, we're finishing a D&D 5e campaign on Tuesday, which is almost over. And when that finishes, we'll be returning to Abomination Vault, which I am GMing and for the first time ever. And... I really enjoy it. I actually enjoy it more than I thought. So I'm very excited to get back into it, especially since I have the bundle for Foundry. So that'll be interesting to use. And then on Sunday, we have those two games as well. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much, much it. Oh, oh, I do. I do eventually. I already told Angela this. But what I want for Christmas slash my birthday is the Foundry Bundles for Bloodlords. Because I really, really want to run that one. <laughs> Bloodlords is the uh, the one that takes place in Geb, right? Yes. Fun fact about Geb, since I am the de facto Pathfinder nerd of the group, Geb was once a colony of Osirian. Oh, see, I was going to say that. That doesn't but, surprise you know. me, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I just wanted you to get it out there for um, else. <laughs> yeah, I just think Bloodlords would be super interesting because, like, you don't get a lot of opportunities in a lot of the other adventure paths to really play evil characters, per se, or all of the new, like, undead ancestries and archetypes. Like, you don't really get the chance too much. And this adventure path would be the perfect opportunity to do it. You want to yeah. be a zombie? You want to be a ghost? You want to be a skeleton? Cool beans. And it especially helps because uh, most of the work is already done for you by the wonderful staff at Foundry. Yes. 
So for um, anyone listening who isn't in the know, Geb is a nation ruled entirely by undead, which is why it's advantageous to play as an undead character. So you're not one of the uh, living like, mortals who has to work for their living. You're just one of the rich, elite undead people who rule the nation. It's really interesting. They do still look down on certain undead, such as zombies. Right. Uh, well, probably because they're mindless. Yeah. So Aaron, how are you doing over there? Uh, you said something, now it's your turn. <laughs> so, I'm Aaron. Um, I am Hi, a middle Aaron. school teacher, and I'm still a middle school teacher. Um, We're sorry. I know, like, daily tortures. <laughs> um, and uh, I always say that, just, just a little tidbit about me, that I'm really terrible with the three M's. Memory, multitasking, and... Money? Huh. Anyway, you'll come to find out that in this group, the pun game is strong. Oh, oh no, I hate to make this joke, but I mean, she is a middle school teacher, so yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Aaron. It was too oh, perfect. No. What? I didn't get the joke. It was too Teachers perfect. don't get paid enough. They really oh, don't. Okay. The first All thing the she said was memory. <laughs> what was the third M? No, going I said, to be? I said, mm, that was, that the, was joke. the joke that you guys ruined, but okay. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Speaking of ruined jokes, I was going to say that in this group, the pun game is pretty strong, and I usually try to bring my A game. I was going to say it. I totally forgot. Damn it. All right, I'm done. (laughs) We're sorry, Eric. This is on par. Hey, listen. We love you. I got tears in my eyes from laughing. Oh, man. See, it, now it's not so tense anymore. Actually, from the, from the I could make it worse, but I won't. <laughs> oh, How could you make this worse? So, so no. Aaron makes the pun, no, okay. and I I groan in pain. Yeah. Well, that, that was the other thing I was going to say, but I digress. So. <laughs> uh, so fun fact about our small little group. Most of us were at one point, or I guess in Aaron's case, still currently are teachers. Uh, I think we all actually, almost all of us went to college with like an education degree in mind for the most part. I think like at least half of us, right? Not me. (laughs) I said most. (laughs) Uh, We got two English majors, a nurse major, I guess technically you're biology. Yeah. Biology into a uh, master's nurse, and then everyone else is an education major. Yeah, That's me, something. Alyssa, and Ashley are the only ones that did not get anything in education, I think. Yep. Literally more than half the party, then, is education. Yep. Yep. We're a bunch of nerds. nerds. And that's why a bunch of them are mom friends. <laughs> oh, or goodness. actual parents, in some people's case. I did get certified gotcha. to teach English as a second language, so... Ooh! Didn't you, you teach did teach uh, English for a little while, didn't you? Yeah, and I substitute taught when I came back into the states. So, well, who are you, first of all? Uh, my name's Alyssa. You like that segue? <laughs> <laughs> <Good> job, <laughs> yeah. So my name's Alyssa. Um, I know most of these people from college. These people. Yeah, and then other people I met playing this game, and. I'm a little awkward, but yeah, I don't, now I don't know how to end this. Well, I mean, where did you teach English? That's really interesting. So after college, I went to South Korea and taught English as a second language for like a year and a half. And then I came back and substitute taught and then getting a education degree is expensive and I was still paying on mine. So I found a job at the library, yeah. which is where I still am today. You soccer meme to the library. That's how I'm going to spend my vacation, except no, I'm spending my <laughs> vacation at South Korea. So, Ooh. Well, uh, I think you will enjoy uh, a part that later shows up in this adventure as a library may or may not feature prominently in one of the later books. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. It doesn't. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just teasing. Is there a giant owl? <laughs> there is no library. You big tease. There better be a giant owl. Hey, Nick, did you introduce yourself? You... Quitting. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you take this moment now to introduce us and uh, your giant owl? <laughs> I don't have a giant owl. My daughter does. But, um, 
Uh, so I'm Nick. Um, I was also introduced to Pathfinder through Waba. Um, he actually got a small group of us together, like mid pandemic 2020 was like, Hey, I got a group that's going to play this like kind of D and D game. Do you want to join us? And I was like, sure. Why not? And then I ended up being the only person who did the entire campaign with that party because everybody else either quit or ended up not having time or other things happened and so i was the only person that woke up in oh geez i can't even remember what it was called rosser's coffer is that where we started rosser's coffer the only one who woke up in rosser's coffer and traveled all the way until we all got nuked at the end whoa 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 spoilers whoa <laughs> <laughs> until we How all long did that the thing been out? come on uh it came out in 2019 so four years isn't that uh, the one you also told me was like super spoiled yeah it's it's so god it, you yeah. get spoiled with everything for that you, one you can you can talk about your your um history lesson pathfinder thing when nick finishes <laughs> well i was gonna uh, say that in that group there was like i want to try to think of there was eight nine ten eleven twelve total players at one point or another in that entire campaign lord and out of those 12 you're the only one who made it we, to the end yeah we averaged what like six or seven per session yeah then seven seven's probably the most coming and going. i didn't get invited until level seven <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I, I'll never work. forget that because I had to make a spellcaster at level seven. Oof. And yeah. I was trying really hard yeah. not to get invited. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. No regrets. Uh, and yet, I, I've loved and yet you were there. But you made it and you loved it. And now you're part That's of this right. group. And, and we loved our emotional support gnome. So we were all glad you were there. Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, in that session, I played a bard because surprise, surprise, I was a music ed major, um, was a music teacher at several points in the last several years. Um, currently the director of a daycare, so kind of along the same line, but not quite, <laughs> but I do, te- I still teach music lessons, so I still get that. So Ta-da. Who wants to go, Angela? You still have to go, Thanks for volunteering. Oh, okay. I guess I'm going. Alrighty. (laughs) So I am Ashley. I uh, am the newest to Pathfinder, being uh, introduced to it through, naturally, Andrew, who everyone else calls Waba, but I am Andrew's girlfriend, so I call him Andrew. Um, (laughs) And it's so weird. (laughs) I know. It's so weird, but I can't call him Waba. You told you the wrong name when you met. Because I'm pretty sure on his birth certificate, it just says WABA in all caps. You know what? We can't find his birth certificate, but once we do, we'll talk to you. That's not even a joke. No, that's actually true. Did you leave it in Canada? No, we brought it from Canada. I can't remember if it's at my mom's place, one of my old places, or with me currently. I don't know where it is. Yeah, we have to renew your passport, so we kind of need the birth certificate. Yeah. Maybe we'll find the Egyptian part of it in this session. I don't have Beautiful. a different birth certificate, actually. Oh, God. Anyway, um, as Andrew said, I am biology turned nurse. So I was a researcher for transplant patients, which was really fun. I loved it. And then I loved it so much, I decided to go and get my master's degree, switch to becoming a nurse. And now I'm currently a nurse practitioner, which is a very rewarding job. So um, I'm in my first year, though, and it does get really tough at times. So any of you studying to be a nurse practitioner that first year is definitely the hardest, but hanging in there. Um, and on my free time, I have three younger siblings who I love so much. I hang out with them all the time, currently in South Carolina with one of the siblings. Aww. And then I got my cute little baby dog, Daisy, who I play with all the time. She's so sweet. You guys mentioned your siblings. You don't need to throw shade at them just because I'm creepily like attached <laughs> one, to my siblings. Someone clearly loves her sibling more than the others. Oh, that's about oh. it, though, <laughs> about me. Fun fact, the only one here that is a single child is the one that hasn't gone. It's true. It's true. Look at that segue. You're welcome. That was a segue I was thinking of too, actually. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so that's all I have to say is that I'm an only child. No, no, it's not your only fun fact. First of all, what's your name? Uh, my name is Angela, and it's spelled with a J. I was gonna um, say it if you didn't say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, when did I first join? Ruins of Asland. Uh, I think no, Angela. It was <laughs> 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 Alyssa just posted in I our was, group chat. I was gonna make a similar joke, Alyssa. I was gonna say A M G E J A. No, it Had was to leak because I'm pretty sure you tried out to leak first, and then no, it was actually uh, Lidna first, and then okay, Ruins of Aslan. Lidna. Yeah, Aslan. Okay, um, I got so, all mixed up. It was one so of those. Katie. So Katie is the one that got me into it, and it was. Uh-huh. Basically- it was basically just her like coming into my room because we're repeatedly, <laughs> and she would just come into my room and she would like be like, "Hey, do you want to play this game?" And I'm like, "Eh." And then like probably after the fifth or sixth time of her asking me, "Hey, you should really <laughs> play this game. You would like it," I was like, "Eh, I'll try it." And then she introduced me to Waba, and then we started playing Ruins of Aslan, and I was like, "This is actually kind of awesome." And it just kind of escalated from there. Um, I was a teacher. I was a high school biology teacher. Biology represent. Um, I love biology. I hated teaching with a passion. Um, And it sucks because I went into teaching loving it. And then I left hating it. Um, Yeah. Part of that was the administration. Very common story. Yes. I always tell people Um, I loved loved teaching. I hated being a teacher. Uh, But that's all right. Uh, so I think that's pretty much everyone. We are a band of merry misfits. And for, for the most part, we all are in completely different states, even currently, actually. I think we have two in Texas, one in North Carolina temporarily South. until she comes back. She's in South Carolina. South Carolina. You don't even know where your girlfriend is? Wow. I always we say North Carolina that. instead of South Carolina. She I don't does. know why. Nick, did you live in North or South Carolina? North. You li- I lived in that's North why Carolina. It's because uh, she has the mountains. She has the beaches. She li- she's currently residing in one of the Carolinas for a vacation. Uh, but she decided, you know what? She's going to be a good girlfriend and commit to this podcast anyways for session one. So I what's did. up? I did. Hey. <laughs> no hero points, though. <laughs> oh. Sad face. Wow. <laughs> No favoritism. I'm just kidding. Speaking uh, of hero points, Waba, would you like to explain what that is? Yes, for those of you not listening, uh, not listening. <laughs> he didn't get through all the states yet. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, uh, Pathfinder Second Edition, the game we're about to play, uh, has this mechanic called hero points. Uh, a hero point is awarded uh, once at the beginning of every session, and also for extraordinary acts of heroism selfless sacrifices sometimes i'll forget so if one of you guys remind me i may decide yeah you know what that does deserve a hero point hero point to this player you can use hero points to re-roll any check and we house rule it so that instead of keeping the second result you keep the higher of the two results so it's it's pretty powerful that way um but yes so we have normally two people who live in texas that would be katie and angela uh, we have one person who lives in West Virginia. That would be Aaron. We have four of us who live in Ohio, but we live in like different parts of Ohio. So like a couple of us live in Columbus, but like on opposite sides of Columbus. And another one lives in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, which is, you know, pretty much most of the rest of Ohio. Same. <laughs> um, anywhere that's not Columbus. Columbus. Cleveland, Cincinnati, I think are like the big cities. Zanesville was a capital, the capital of Ohio at one point. Wait, wait. Zanesville used to be the capital? I don't remember. Maybe. <laughs> I think I think it did. I think actually. it was. But I, yeah. Yeah, at one like a really long well, time. Well, and it's for a very short cool. period of time. Right. To my Canadian yeah. mind, I always thought Cleveland was the capital because my, most of my family Cleveland was, in Cleveland. was at one point too. Really? Does Ohio yeah. just not know what, what they want to be uh, the capital? Okay. In, in 1810. Zanesville oh, replaced Chillicothe as Ohio's. Chillicothe yep. was a capital? Damn, this yeah, is what we I need guess. Trevor to give us the history lesson. Oh, God. I'm, That's yeah. true. Shout out to Trevor from one of our other sessions. Trevor, you the best. <laughs> um, and Katie and Watson. And Katie and Watson. Watson's their not kid. Not me, Katie. Other Katie. A different Katie, you're right. <laughs> Those are, they're married. This Katie is not married to that, Trevor. That, no, well, never mind. I'm not married to anyone. <laughs> I am not pushing a baby. <laughs> 
Anyway. Anyways, uh, yeah. so that's introductions out of the way. I think I think uh, we can jump right in now to the story. Now that we're our spirits are much more elevated, much like the state of Wati, as it has been two thousand years since the scene that we had just seen in the prologue. A scene, scene. <laughs> ah, you're funny. Um, the year is currently forty-seven fourteen AR, which uh, took place in around. 2014 AD our time when this game was uh, released. Give or take, I might be off by a bit. Um, but we now descend onto a city much different from what, what, what we once saw in the ancient times during the Plague of Madness. This Wati is much, much larger. You can see here from the map that the necropolis, the old city, is only a tiny portion of the the rest of Wati, which is now about three time, three or four times bigger. It has many, many di uh, different districts, and it is now a central hub of trade in the region, especially with the three southern, uh, su southern cities in Osirian. We descend now, as the camera kind of like zooms in through the clouds, you can see some flying, um, cr um, uh, what are they called? Cranes uh, flying through the air, uh, flying away from the river Asp. Um, and we descend down into the Midwife District, which is kind of like downtown Wati. We descend into the Sunburst Market. And this market is bustling with, uh, with Wati uh, citizens and merchants trying to sell off goods as there is a large crowd of adventurers and heroes. Now, these are clearly from all over the world. You can clearly tell that not... Most most of these people aren't from Wati, although a significant portion of them are. You have some people from the far, far northern reaches of the land of the Linorm Kings, which is like the frozen tundra of the north. You have many people from southern Garund in the Mwangi Expanse, which is like the African jungles. And you have some people from northeast in the uh, more temperate regions like Absalom, the city at the center of the world, or even as far as Taldor and the River Kingdoms. Heroes from all over the world gather in this sunburst market. As you can see, the energy is just bursting. It feels almost like a celebration, kind of like there is, um, fuck, what's the word called? Like a, like a festival. That's the oh, word. No. <laughs> It, the air in the in the market feels like a festival. Everything everything is celebratory, and you have all these merchants going. We got extra supplies. Come by discount prices for adventurers. Fifty percent off, as well as two silver pieces. Get your uh, your adventuring bag. We have maps, and they're all shouting, trying to get everyone's attention. They're trying to uh, sell anything last minute to all the nearby adventurers. As we zoom in, uh, we descend upon a man. This man is well-dressed. He has a pretty face, and he has golden uh, jewelry all over him. Alyssa, why don't you describe Habibi to us? Uh, Habibi is, like you said, very good-looking, uh, dark black hair. It's kind of curly, um, very well-kempt. He likes to take care of himself. And he's got that nice, like, dark, tan, cocoa skin, you know, because he's from the area. So, and he's very carefree, and you see him, like, walking along, and he reaches out, and he's reaching towards one of his best friends, Tawny, a catfolk villager. And, of course, like, Tawny is always going to be um, a step behind Habibi, like, Either she's walking right next to him or she's like a step behind because she she's a cat folk. She gets curious, so she sometimes gets distracted, um, especially when she's in the middle of like the market um, and there's so many things happening. Like she's curious. She wants to go investigate everything. And as she's investigating one of the stories. Uh, stalls she realizes that Habibi is like reaching out for her so she reaches out with her paw and you know takes his hand because they've been best friends for years at this point um, and she's got light uh, light color fur with like some black stripes but the light color is 
obviously, if you know anything about biology, <laughs> light color is great in the desert areas, especially the um, thinner uh, coats. Um, Would you say that Tawny has tawny fur? Yes. Has oh, dairy fur. <laughs> you should um, be ashamed. Also, hey, Aaron isn't the only one. Aaron is not the only one who can do puns. Oh, <laughs> you. And across her back um, is this huge axe that looks like it's two times bigger than her. And it looks like it should be like toppling her over like she should be falling over. But she's like walking like she's almost skipping. Like that's how lightly she's walking like with this huge axe on her back. What classes do you guys play? Uh, Or do you want to save that to be revealed later? I don't know. Well, for Tawny, it's kind of obvious, like she's going to be some kind of fighter, but she is a um, barbarian and she has the giant instinct. Has so the giant she... weapon. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, Habibi doesn't have like a lot of weapons on him. Like, so it's pretty obvious, like he's going to be the healer and spellcaster. So he's the cleric. Ooh. Uh, what is cleric of who? If you don't uh, know, Os- Osiris. Osiris, the namesake of the nation that we live in. Interesting. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, as you guys are kind of uh, hanging about, uh, watching the crowds go by, kind of people watching, you see all these groups, and most you can clearly see like the adventuring groups kind of keep to themselves. But suddenly a crash and a scream draws your attention. You look over and you can see this merchant screaming, Get out! Get out! Stop trying to take my trinkets without paying for them! And you can clearly see <laughs> a short tailed goblin with an elf trying to pull him away. Why don't we describe these two wonderful characters? So the uh, goblin, um, played by me, Nick, um, is McFour. Um, and he is obviously trying to take some of these wares, but not anything that looks like shiny or expensive, because that's not what McFour is into. Um, McFour is a thaumaturge. And so he actually loves what most people might consider to be trash. Um, he will not throw anything away that could potentially be useful at some point in the future. Um, and a lot of it is because he has learned that many things have an energy to them, I guess, um, a religious symbolism or an occult symbolism, some, some sort of way that if it's shown to the right person makes them feel some sort of way. And so he tends to collect things. Um, he has a full bag of just random junk that just goes everywhere. Um, and because things have power. Because they things have, have power. Yes. Or because things have meaning, they have power is kind of like the whole thing. Exactly. Um, I love it. And so um, McFour um, is... He, he, you did say I have a tail, correct? So yes, McFour has a tail that is actually just as long as he is short, um, <laughs> which, I mean, you know, he's only two foot 11, so it's, you know, oh, I'm sorry, two foot 10. Um, so his tail is not, you know, super long, but compared to the rest of his body, um, but he is short and lanky for his size, um, a hairless baboon pe- pretty much at the end of his tail he is carrying a lantern which is actually his main uh thaumaturge device that he uses um and also uses it to knock his enemies out a lot <laughs> um, so around his neck he is also wearing a uh clothed necklace um that he has threaded through several different trophies from enemies that he has slain Meanwhile, the taller man, uh, much taller, who is pulling McFour away, possibly a little embarrassed. Uh, what does he look like? So, I play Kareth, who is this tall elf that Waba so aptly led into. Um, Kareth is a full elf. He is rather tall. 
a whole foot taller than I personally am. He is about six foot three. <laughs> so he's tall. Um, and like most elves, you know, rather slender and whatnot. He keeps his uh, dark hair pulled back in a ponytail and has like little braids. And he always keeps one braid like right by his face. And it's wrapped up in this piece of gold that he found in a delve years and years ago. And as he's pulling McFour away from this uh, stall, he doesn't necessarily look embarrassed, more exasperated because this isn't the first time this has happened and it is not going to be the last more than likely. No, it um, won't. <laughs> and as, as he's like dragging McFour away with one hand, he like flips a um like a silver coin or something like that, just whatever he had in his pocket back to the merchant um and just like waves as like an apology because it it's probably going to happen again and Kareth probably owes them a little apology himself, not for stealing. Never for stealing. He he's no. not that low. But um, so Kareth is of the inventor class, and he has a workshop in town. He didn't grow up in Wati, but he's basically settled down roots here um for like the last couple of decades or so. And he has a workshop here. And um, needless to say, it is very common to hear <laughs> little explosions. <laughs> Not always ones. little, but explosions <laughs> coming oh, no. from his workshop. And um, his landlady, sweet as can be, but she has to keep the um, temple on call so that they can put out the fires because... He does very well when he's working for other people, but not so well when he's just tinkering on his own. Um, so hence the uh, explosions that occur in the workshop on a multiple daily basis. Uh, meanwhile, that sounds, this... Uh, sounds about right. this <laughs> yeah. What, for Katie, yeah. <laughs> given, given Katie's luck, it hey, checks out. I know. But uh, this merchant uh, that like from the from the stall that that you're pulling McFour away from, he he's got this big bushy mustache, just just a mustache, no beard, and he's kind of like scowling. He's like, next time, you know that you know how they punish people for stealing in these markets? They chop off your hands. I don't want you. I don't want to catch you doing this again. Next time you try taking something, you better be buying it. I'm now John. They haven't done that in hundreds of years. I would know. Oh, don't don't you worry. I'll bring back the Kellershite uh, rule of law. Don't you don't you don't you doubt me. Don't ever take from my merchants again. You can try to buy something if you want. I have plenty of things for sale, but I need coin for it. You understand? Made you recompense for the trouble. Go uh, go go back to work. And he just waves and then drags all right, me gone with you then around the corner to. Hopefully not lose yet another customer. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as you uh, walk a few steps away, he comes back to he like he switches personalities entirely and it goes back into his fully joyful self. It's like selling adventurer gears, come buy your adventurers packs. We've got healing potions, alchemist fires, discount for adventure shouting again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh and then eventually I assume you guys regroup with Habibi and Tani. Sure. Why not? Yeah, like when they walk up, Tani just kind of like shakes her head a little bit, and she's like, "Oh, McFour, up to up to it again." What? What? I didn't even get anything this time. All I got was this handful of marbles. He'll never miss them. Oh my gosh! He keeps rigorous inventory, McFour. It was three mark, five mark. Wait, <laughs> hold on, Habibi. I never learned how to count. How many do I have here? Here. here. I can show you. This is one, two, three. You have four marbles. Seven marbles, okay? <laughs> I almost spit out my drink at that one. <laughs> I mean, if he asks where his marbles are, you just be like, oh, so you lost your marbles. And I think it'll be fine. It should be fine. 
I'm never going to lose them. I'm going to keep them right here in my pocket. Wait, what happened to my pocket? And, uh, before you uh, before you guys know it, uh, approaching you is uh, a rather uh, tallish man. He's wearing these fanciful robes, uh, and he's carrying a large, uh, like, knotted staff. Aaron, who are we looking at? Uh, you guys are looking at uh, Tariq. Tariq is, uh, you guys, as he starts to approach the group, um, you can see that there's a touch of mischievousness that shines in his eyes, and he kind of gives uh, McFour a half smirk as he knows that he's been up to no good, as usual. Um, he tosses his light brown hair back a little bit out of his eyes. Um, the only thing he claims makes him miss in a fight, but he'd never pull back his hair because <laughs> he knows that those devishly good looks is what gets good results. So... Oh, you tell that to the dice guy. So the only thing that the only thing that uh, really bothers Tariq about himself, uh, you'll notice that he really likes himself. Um, the only thing that really bothers him is that he actually isn't very tall compared to most men he knows. He's he's only five feet eight inches tall, so he he does feel a little self conscious about that. But never when he's around his ever hype man sister, because y- <laughs> Tariq, while others may consider him um what do we what do we call this a short king um his family <laughs> who's unique in its own aspect considers him kind of giant then again um any human might be a giant compared to a halfling yeah. uh, I'm, I'm looking at Tariq's height right now and uh i don't know if you should be calling him a short king <laughs> that might make a lot of guys self-conscious if you write that number out loud <laughs> Well, most people like okay. What so, number is there? So average height is like five eleven for men, and like most five eight is people, it? five eight no, men. Listen, not. five eight men consider themselves short kings. <laughs> I do not. Okay, fine. Are you I five am eight? exactly really? five foot. I am exactly five eight, and I am not short. Okay, I fine, but he's definitely size. not tall. <laughs> Okay, we need to create another poll for oh all of gosh. our listeners. <laughs> no, I do not to cancel culture for calling holes. short men short kings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm oh my gosh, I you saw... You can do it to yourself. You have no one else to blame. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, no. What? Okay, I, I gotta saw... know now. What height did you give Tariq to call him a short king? 5'8". <laughs> yeah, it's not short. Short to no, me. That's not short. <laughs> I mean, wow. Waba, you're what? 5'10? 5'11? What are you, Waba? He's six. I'm 6'2. Six you're 6'? You're not that much taller than me. I am 6'2. I'm like 5'7 myself. He is 6'2. So. He's taller than my brother, who's 6'1. So. Okay, well, this okay, average and, uh, height uh, man. Speaking <laughs> okay, of height. Okay, well, this <laughs> average height man who is not a short king, he is just a mid sized prince. Um, he, he is a regular feels, sized king. <laughs> he feels like he's a giant compared to the rest of his halfling family. And so he turns over to uh, his sister and goes, I guess McFour is up to it again. McFour is always up to it. Oh my gosh. And of course, we'll segue into my character. So I'm playing Kepri. She is a halfling druid. So obviously not very tall, standing at a good two feet, 11 inches, one inch taller than McFour because she needs to have that one inch count, okay? Kepri's got this long, crazy black hair. It's so pretty. It's very curly and it just flows with her every time she moves. She's got bright green eyes, very dark skin because she is a Wati native and she has quite a spring to her step. Very strong, even though she is short in stature, but also quite acrobatic and athletic. Um, she does like to go and jab at her taller brother, who is also younger. She'll make little uh, little jokes at his expense, but she does love him very much, even though he is adopted. So her family brought him in, and she grew up with him and has taken him under her own wing, even though he might be a little taller than that. <laughs> Who's the older sibling between the two of you? I am. Kepri is the older sibling. Forever the mother. So she's the older. Forever the mothering older sister. <laughs> Yes. Yes. How, always. Now, how much older? <laughs> I, I guess I, I don't think I actually know this answer. How how much older is Kepri? Two years, I believe. Um, I'm gonna say it's only two two years, but two enough. Two years older, and you're acting like his mom. Uh, it makes a difference. Okay, he needs to learn the way of Nethys. He needs to learn the way of the halflings. He's a tall man in a short person's world. Okay. Yeah, I am tall, aren't I? I'm so tall. There we go. 
he's like yes i'm so tall and he's like gonna puff out his chest because yeah. he's a not he's yeah, not a short nice. king he's a tall man I no, no, no. Yeah, whatever you want to call yourself now behind kepri is her companion ramses ramses is this slender currently small puppyish pharaoh hound nice dark stark black with pointy ears and one little piercing in that left ear he is a very good companion he's strong has a jaw that you know could bite metal if he could make it i mean i guess bite he metal he, he thinks it can i mean okay. he's he can bite it all day whether or not he bites through it that is exactly. true exactly he can um, bite it all he wants but he's very protective of Kepri and Tariq, but he's also quite fond of a special friend called McFour. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves McFour. Yeah, you know they how well do. that goes. Oh, so don't say it like that. Do not say <laughs> it like that. As as Kepri's trying to move her brother out of the way, and she's like, come on, Tariq, I cannot see above all these people already, and you're in my way. Um, uh, Ramsey's locks eyes with McFour and just starts to run over, tongue hanging out, with a uh, tail wagging in the wind, and runs right up to him for a big old slobbery kiss. As uh, Ramses is running up, McFour just goes, no, 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 no! Uh, Ramses, roll me an athletics check. Okay, <laughs> let, you know what? Hold on, hold on. Let me get Ramses pulled up here. I will roll this athletic check. <laughs> I'm gonna hey, do it. We gotta take all the rolling we can get and a probably purely roleplay session. Yes, and it's rolled blind GM. Uh, 17. Does that beat McFour's <laughs> Fortitude DC? Um, I think it does, actually. Yes, it so does. If it's, gonna, oh my God, it's if it's gonna beat the Fortitude, then all I can say is that Ramses has now pummeled poor McFour to the ground and has given him one big old kiss, <laughs> wagging his tail, and I could just see McFour getting so upset about this. Oh my gosh, just I love it. through the slobbers of kisses, I just look around and I'm like, oh no, I just lost my marbles! Oh my god. And Kareth just slowly takes a step away. Like he already had to deal with uh <laughs> tearing McFour away from trouble. His, his quota has been met. Oh gosh. And for all of you out there who's going, what a goblin? Tolerating a dog? Just remember, they all know each other. He's already gone through this whole thing with the dog. I never said I liked him. Oh, you love him. For our new listeners, uh, anyone who isn't familiar with the uh, Pathfinder in general, there is this common, uh, there's this like 10 fun facts about goblins that Paizo, the company that makes Pathfinder, published way, way, way back in their very first adventure. And one of the first facts is that goblins hate dogs. It's why one of their iconic weapons is called the dog slicer. It's a little dagger type thing, but it's just, they call it a dog slicer. There's also now an explosive dog slicer. <laughs> oh my god, wait, is there really? Yes. Ooh. But yeah, so Mick Four and Ramses, um, when they first interacted, I'm sure they had a similar, Oh god, it's a dog, get that away from me! But now they've been together for enough months that Mick Four is starting to realize that Ramses isn't out to get him. And Ramses has always loved Mick Four, right? <laughs> <laughs> So as you guys oh, finally God. regroup uh, amongst each other, uh, amongst yourselves, you look around and you can see like a dozens of different adventuring groups. And they're all clamoring uh, in the sunburst market over here uh, on the map. And, uh, and you guys are all just uh, waiting for the Temple of Phrasma to start the opening ceremony. You guys have all come here to Wati to dig up ancient artifacts. Seven years ago. No, not quite dig. Some of us are here to protect. <laughs> or or protect. I'd like uh, to make sure that that is said because I am a native from Wati and I want to make sure my heritage stays where it belongs. Fair enough. Dig up with an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys have all um, come to Wati uh, in the heart of Assyrian at the behest of Prince... Chemet the Third, the Ruby Prince, the Pharaoh of Osiris, uh, sorry, of Osirian, uh, seven years ago, he opened up the antiquities of Osirian to the larger world um, of Golarian. He said that he realized, uh, I should say, that um, when adventurers go to ancient crypts or tombs or caves or whatever and dig up ancient artifacts, 
they don't always hold on to them. Sometimes they try to sell them. And wherever they sell them, they always sell it to the nearest uh, economy that can support the this resurgence of treasure. Uh, and so Pharaoh Hamet III, wanting to bolster Osirian's economy, realized that this is actually a perfect opportunity to allow the economy of Osirian to grow. If he allows adventurers to come to Osirian and dig up these ancient relics, he thinks, um, and they find the, the relics, and then sell them back to Osirian, they can then sell them to perhaps other people to try and make even more and more money. And for the most part, for the past couple of years, it's been working really well. And now it's Wati's turn. However, the temple of Pharasma decided they were going to take control of how this happened. Obviously, they can't deny the pharaoh his request, but you get the sense, especially those of you who have lived in Wati for several years, that this isn't exactly how they expected things to happen. Eventually, as you guys are all waiting for this ceremony to begin, you hear a loud trumpet just a few feet to the uh, uh, to the south at this giant temple to Phorasma, the Grand Mausoleum. You guys all look over and there is a temporary stage, art of, uh, temporarily built for the opening ceremony. And you see a woman rise up uh, to the stage and she looks very stern. And uh, those of you who lived here recognize her as Septi the Crocodile. She gestures her hand up, welcomes you guys all to stand before her. And just as she's about to speak, the credits roll and we'll call here today. Oh, that was good. So guys. early. It's so early. I missed, I missed my point. I should have done uh, my Prince of Assyrian thing in the old city I was born and raised. You know, that, like, the Fresh Prince. <laughs> I mean, I, ha I wrote it down, so, uh, yeah. Do you still yeah. remember all of it? Oh, you definitely need to do that at some point. It could be, like, a fun little <laughs> extra. I'm sure there's going to be times where you guys are able to uh, present or perform oh, yeah. or something. Okay, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. Oh, man. That was a lot of fun, guys. That was really, really well done, guys. Good job. High five. High five all around. Five well done. Around. Session one, 500 more to go. <laughs> <laughs> Only 500? Uh, I don't think it's actually going to be 500. I think... Uh, Adventure Pads average about 300-ish hours. 